Hi, I'm David. I'm here with uh, Rachel from the Nuts of Beer Festival and James from Mobley Brewhouse. We're here to talk about uh, Mobley Brewhouse's beers that they're bringing for the Nuts for Beer Festival. I'm uh, curating the craft beer lineup, so I'm looking forward to talking to James about that. Um, it's also exciting because we're here in da -da -da -da, James's brand new brew house. Um, this has been quite a secret for quite a long time, hasn't it, James? You, uh, how long, <laughs> how well, long you been waiting to um, tell the world about this? Um, I, th I think it's been on our minds since the end of 2019 I think we've just been waiting um obviously um the the madness that that was 2020 pushed uh, a potential move back and uh we waited until the start of last year I feel like it's still so new because we only moved in last week we only just started brewing I think it's it's not quite sunk in yet i think we've been wanting this for so long now that it's very much just been a, a frantic um couple of weeks after months and months of planning like moving in getting everything commissioned up and running again um it's just a, a relief at the moment i don't really feel like we've actually shouted about it that much yet um but hopefully it'll tie in nicely with the fact that um this year is is at our 10th year um of brewing so that ties in really nicely there's going to be a, a, a ton of um events and special beers etc so looking forward to opening the doors here and having people in to see it and in terms of you know we're scaling up and the, the bigger brewery i think that one of the benefits of that is getting your, your beer drunk a bit further further afield so how far has your beer gone and What's the dream for getting it further afield? I did, just pre-COVID, I did a couple of um, tap takeovers in Paris, which was great because wow. that was like, you know, literally get on a plane and travel from the airport to a bar. You know, you've just been told, arrive at this at said bar for this time and you get there. And every single line has got our beer on. Wow. And that's just... That is a really, really weird experience. Yeah, um, that it was, it was awesome, but I guess it's uh, a novelty. I think I'll always be most passionate about it. Just traveling down the road, I still just, I still get excited when you know there's a pub that's like really close to the brewery that's got it on. I, I just think that is, I don't, I don't really know what it is that just really does it for me. I just think it's. I guess it's nice because you just think, oh, well, you know, like local support and, you know, people locally are drinking it, etc. There's nothing really beats that, I don't think. And talking of sort of following, we just wanted to thank you as well for the support you've given to the, the beer festival. Uh, you'll be having, I think, believe, free beers at this year's festival and often yeah. help us out if we, uh, if we got run out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. George, should we talk a little bit about what, uh, what the beers you're going to be bringing this year? Definitely. Um, there's um, the, the the beers in front of me are screaming out to be open. In fact, what, while we talk through, should we open one? Yes, because about Let's time. Isn't it? It. <laughs> um, we so. can also um, pour them into these lovely beer festival glasses, oh, which yeah, have well, just arrived. We need to talk about them. Yeah, it's good timing. Yeah, so we, the, we didn't even plan that. 
<laughs> yeah, it was very nice timing. What's, um, uh, how how do you describe these glasses, James? Um, I guess, well, simply put, it's almost like a stemless wine glass, um, right, okay. if you like. Um, we we love these glasses because there's just something quite um, just got they just, they just feel they feel right. They've got a nice a nice weight to them um i feel like some glasses as well just suit all beers i think this is definitely one of them yeah. i think that's one of the things when when you're looking at a at glassware for a, an event like the beer festival i think you definitely want something that will suit all sorts of beers like i think you i think you could have um like strong ipas low strength ipas sour beers stouts yeah. everything i think could feel right in this glass yeah they look great um so yeah, this this is one of the ones that um, we bring into the festival, which is Easy Life, um, which is our um, it's a seasonal beer, but we have brewed this quite a few times. Actually, we love it. We we really like the um, the artwork on the can. Super like summery, um, vibrant. Um, it's five and a half percent, so it's. Um, it's it's sort of verging towards like your sort of IPA strength, um, it's moderately dry hopped, I would say, with um, uh, mosaic and azaka, and it's it's just like a fresh citrusy beer. It's just very easy drinking. Um, yeah, it's uh, one that we are big fans of. <laughs> we're just stopping to we're just uh, taking a bit of appreciation to talk. Yeah. Syn- synchronized <laughs> sipping yeah um, yeah what, what do you think is that is that your kind of thing yeah it's lovely. i've had this i've had this before so I was, I was keen to sort of introduce it to festival goers it's just so sort of soft and i'm getting a bit of a peachy note that i quite like it there as well yeah it is actually it is it is really peachy um it's i think beers like this have become um a real passion for us now where there's they're very fruity and citrusy but they're a little bit more dry mm. um which just creates that sort of crisp refreshing you know mm. drinkability we it's something that we we look for um so mosaic i think that's a bit that's a bit that's a hop that appears in uh, quite a lot of your beers doesn't it is that is that sort of one of your favorite ones to work with yeah, mosaic's awesome. I think I think you can do so much with it. Um, I, during the brewing process, you can add hops to a beer at so many different stages. Mosaic's great all the way through. Whether you use it um, sort of on the hot side in the kettle, um, or if you're using it as a dry hop in in fermenting vessel. Um, it's it's yeah there's there's generally not too many bad results when you when you brew with mosaic it, it's great it, it's i think um crop to crop um it changes slightly i'm i'm you know it sort of varies ever so slightly so i i think sometimes you can get a bit more sort of like peach um lychee kind of flavor um it might not of course um but I, I always, I always get it in my head that it's slightly different year to year. But um, yeah, it's it, it's 
it's a great great hop i mean i, I think it's it's maybe just like a little bit softer a bit more tropical fruity than um things like citra so used alongside something like zaka which doesn't you don't see that that often um we don't really use that much um you've got that sort of like soft um tropical fruit paired with the something that's a little bit sharper um which kind of creates this um it's sort of like maybe just slightly underripe or just ripe um i think sometimes when you use it on its own it can develop like overripe fruit characteristics mm. which is sometimes awesome when when you when that's what you're looking to achieve but yeah it's got yeah. a little bite to it hasn't it yeah yeah just that's that's like i say it's um it's definitely something that we that we look to achieve in a lot of beers of this kind of strength is um a little bit of crisp drinkability um mm. rather than it being like too cloying and sweet um yeah. yeah we like to try and just like sort of get all those flavors in there but keep it crisp fresh drinkable you're talking about the the hop the dry hopping there what does double dry hopped mean um generally speaking um it is double the amount of hops you would usually use um (laughs) however a lot of breweries including ourselves um at one point referred to it as how many times you put dry hops in the tank so when we first started doing it double kind of meant both it kind of meant we were putting twice as much in at two different stages um it doesn't mean that anymore for us we've kind of simplified it it's it generally means now it is twice the amount we would use in a standard beer and then we it's not a term that we use but ultimately we'll then our next go-to stage of dry hopping would be sort of like 20 to 26 grams per liter and that's generally in our heavier ipas so where there's a lot going on um there's a huge amount of um malt presence so you're getting because mm. it's just because it's a it's, it's ultimately like a richer liquid so you can throw like way way more hops at it then mm. um but yeah we don't really use anything to describe that it's just you know if we if we're selling something as a double ipa for example it just means it's a strong ipa and people just know that it'll have more hops in i yeah. think you know that's the um but yeah it's, it's it's a rarity that we brew that sort of beer so generally speaking it's just normal or double dry hopped right <laughs> <laughs> is that where your white label range comes in where you've you've got those more heavily hot beers and some out, out the ordinary ones yeah definitely like it's a, it's our opportunity to experiment play around um try things that we you know don't feel a demand for week in week out so it's generally always um uh smaller production volumes and uh, should we talk a little bit about the uh, spring ipa um well just about the seasonal ipa series in general maybe to start with like how long have you been doing that for now um i think i'm right in saying we started that uh which is not not really that long i think maybe maybe like three years, something like that. Um, I think it started with uh, summer and we had, I think I'm right in saying that anyway, we had our, we were putting a beer festival on 
um, which we named Summertime Festival, um, which was a great day, great success. We've not done it since because of um, COVID, but that'll probably come back at some point as well. Um, and we thought, oh, you know, we'll, we'll get a beer rolled out specifically for the festival. We'd obviously, it was sort of in the back of our minds anyway. We wanted to start doing seasonal beers. Um, so, yeah, the first one was summer. It was just in a bright yellow can with a little black squiggle I on the front. It. I remember, I remember it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a huge hit at the time. Um, and I think we... It was one of the first beers where we, we trialed a new malt base, which is quite important in these hoppy beers, uh, even though we focus on the hops. It's often the malt base um, that creates the really nice foundation to make that beer super super drinkable um and yeah i just remember it was just a great it was just a great beer it was really good and after that we thought oh we've got to do this every season um and it's great because it's it has got quite a following um all our sort of trade customers and people buying buying direct um you know they'll sort of be asking for it in advance when's it when's it coming and what's it going to be and mm. Um, yeah, so it's is nice. the spring IPA the same spring IPA every year, same recipe? Yeah, occasionally we change the hops. I mean, because because it was um, the 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 first iteration of each one was just sort of at that time we thought, oh, well, what hops would pair nicely with the season? And it sort of started mm-hmm. along the lines of summer should be really light and tropical fruity and spring should be a bit more bitter and piney and winter should be a bit more earthy and ultimately that's just changed to let's use different hops in each beer uh, and just try and make them the best example of those hops so even though they come out in you know certain seasons throughout the year Mm. there isn't really that much of a seasonal um input on on the beer it's just let's try and make a, a banging ipa and, <laughs> um, so yeah i think this uh this version uh is slightly tweaked on last time round, even though it's got the same hops so i think right. last time around was citra cascade as well but this time round, it's got a slightly different malt base um so again like i was talking about the other beer it's you know the goal being it's you know, just super clean, easy drinking, slightly crisp, a um, little bit citrusy and tart. Um, slightly heavier dry hop this than Easy Life. So it's it's just got like a, a depth to it. I think that Easy Life doesn't have. It's um, Easy Life is probably a little bit more um, clean and sessionable, whereas I think Spring's probably just like a little bit more hoppy um a bit more depth to it right can we try it yeah yeah it really like sums up mbh for me the seasonal series it's just you know it has that easy drinking along that alongside that intensity and juiciness yeah and definitely i'm a fan of the series i think it's like the best of um so the best of what we do when it comes to pails and ipas i think you know it's um they might not be like the most intense but in terms of drinkability um yeah. Right, I'm going to get stuck in. I think with Citroen, gets a thumbs up from there. <laughs> I've had to chug the last one because I'm talking too much. <laughs> Play catch up. So you see, like, immediately as you pour this out, 
you know, I was talking about the, a different malt base. This mm. is um, immediately like more um, hazy. Yeah. It's got like a much um, sort of, I always describe it as being a bit chalky. Um, almost like you've just maybe sort of ground a bit of chalk into yeah. a normal beer and it gives it that kind of, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's it, it's basically the impact of uh, wheat oats yeah because that was a real change wasn't it well quite a while ago now but to start seeing like so many more cloudy beers yeah yeah i think it's um it's definitely here to stay now hazy beer i mean it's ultimately like it's a guaranteed way of locking in hot flavor um gives the hops just like so much substance to to bind to all all those hop oils um you know that if we made that clear you'd you'd just lose so much flavor so for beers like this these you know you've got you've got to have they've got to be pretty um you know hazy to mm. to hold on to are people that flavor. are people less suspicious of that now you know like back in the day like five years ago or maybe a bit longer people just thought maybe it's a bit off that kind of thing yeah that, that definitely used to be a thing i mean when i um started uh you know started out um almost 10 years ago um things definitely used to go wrong and hazy cask beer would be <laughs> swiftly returned normally by a grumpy landlord um and yeah it just wasn't acceptable at all like even the tiniest haze on a cask beer was just like no like that that's not okay and i think it's it's interesting the effect that craft beers had on cask because um, I, I think it can create some issues sometimes where um, you know it's, sometimes a cask beer should be now clear but isn't and people think oh well, maybe it's supposed to be hazy but yeah. it's not and yeah so, sometimes it's uh, it, it confuses things but gem- generally speaking um, cask beer should still be you know nice and clear it's pretty rare that you'll see a, a hazy cask beer so what sort of notes are you getting from this one, James? Um, I think this one's more. This this is a, lo- a little bit more dry, I think, than the one before. I'm definitely getting a lot more, um, just like in in your face, sort of dry hot flavour than Easy Life. I think Easy Life was more tropical fruit. Um, this is a bit more citrusy, so. It's your sort of usual, usual suspects, um, sort of like orange peel, and a bit of grapefruit. Um, I think I always get this. Um, I've got this obsession with like the underripe, ripe, and overripe uh, <laughs> tropical fruit that you get from dry hopping, and I think I love getting that little hint of. Um, sort of like really ripe mango and peach and definitely I definitely get that in this I mean it's quite you know it's quite common to have that in a beer with these these hops it's mm-hmm. you know um, it's a nice balance of like citrus and tropical fruit mm. it's weird isn't it the, the people it's quite um, subjective isn't it and people just get all kinds of flavour notes from, from hops and it, it kind of still blows my mind that different hops replicate fruit 
for some yeah. reason. Like, I don't know any of the science behind it, but it fascinates me. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, the, the one of the main reasons that you end up getting these kind of really rich, ripe, tropical fruit flavors is the um, oil conversion that happens when you put it into the FV, especially on a beer that's still fermenting. Um, there is a conversion process that turns oils um, from one state to another. Um, and in their original state, they are more, um, I guess to summarize, they're probably, um, it's maybe over, over, oversimplifying it, but it, they may be just a bit more, it's almost like a raw hop flavor. It's, you know, you're sort of um, grassy, piney, dank kind of um, aromas and flavors. Whereas when they get converted um, during fermentation, which, which is referred to as biotransformation, um you get a lot of the more tropical fruit flavors it's funny tasting this one um this is six percent isn't it which is a bit stronger than the easy life mm. actually doesn't somehow it doesn't taste as strong no this is um is what i'm talking, talking about before you know when it comes to like the balance of um the balance of each beer this is less malty than easy life um it's actually in some respects it's almost like a thinner base beer mm. um and there's not as much malt in there that's that's giving sweetness so because as, as alcohol strength goes up you, you you literally naturally get more sweetness in the beer so to counteract that we have to drop certain malts down a little bit um you know, in this case, because we want it to be, we want it to be fairly crisp. We want to keep a little bit of dryness. We don't want it overly sweet because, mm. the, the, you know, these seasonal IPAs are designed to be pretty easy drinking. Beer's kind of like becomes part of the the identity of an, an area, doesn't it? Which is quite an, a nice element of what you do, and it's it's that's why at the the beer festival as well, all our craft beer selections could be from the northwest as well. So we're really pleased to be partnering you with you for that again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so it's nice to be involved in local events, anyway. But I think, um, yeah, I think it's definitely. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like five minutes down the road uh, for a start, um, and it's also supporting a very good cause. Um, so it's very easy to get passionate about it and get on board, and you know, try and do everything we can to support. Well, thank you very much for uh, spending the evening with us and showing us around the brewery, James. It's uh, fantastic to, to have a look around there. Um, we'll look forward to seeing you at the uh, beer festival. Yeah, it's uh, a pleasure. Nice to have you over. And uh, very much looking forward to what I hope will be a very successful beer festival. It'll be um, very nice to uh, attend and see some familiar faces and drink some good beer. Yeah, it'd be nice. nice to get back there, wouldn't it? We'll meet you at the bar for a, <laughs> uh, a spring IPA. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to finally be back, isn't it, after all the Absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. chaos of everything. Thanks very much, James. Cheers. Thank you.